0: Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you for the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. Today, we're talking about reconnecting to your honeymoon era. I'm so excited to have our guest, Molly Wilcox, author and friend Enneagram 7, with us to walk through the joyful first five years or so of marriage, but just in the sense of whether you're in marriage, not married yet, have been married 40 years, Molly's bringing us back to that early vibe, early era feeling that we all long for when we are in middle seasons of marriage where we're like, oh my gosh, I remember how good that felt to be in those early just shine moments of the marriage. If you know when I talk about our glow stages, I talk about how before we hit shadows, we are in that shine. And Molly has been able to, with God's help, truly keep that going. She has that beautiful glow with her husband. Today, we have the chance also in a very fun way, Labor Day-esque sort of chill vibes pod to really enjoy an extra special episode where Molly is part of our mystery and we like to do mystery episodes sometimes around holiday times. And this is just one of those times where she's going to be giving away a copy of her book, How Much More, which I love, by the way, and read last year. And then also we're giving away one of our Supper Seuss murder mystery dinner games that we write and sell with another couple we're so excited to share both of these with you and Soon, as you know, my book is coming out, so we have all kinds of goodies. Pre-orders are up for that. Everything is in the show notes so that you can really just enjoy the season, the holiday. Hopefully, if you're working today, then you can bring us right along on your commute. But I'm so grateful and thankful that we get to walk this time together because this whole month, we're going to be talking of about seasons and otherwise known as eras. Everybody's in their this or that era, right? We're hearing this from Taylor Swift. We're hearing this from every single person who's probably a millennial or gen z and i have even adapted to this conversational language because i'm just hanging around my teenagers all the time um as i'm sure you who have teens some of it you're like i would never say that and some of it you're like totally works using it hacking it in better especially if you're gen x we love our hacks so yes in our eras but aware that some of you are not in this happy mode. Some of you are even lost in the shadows. So that's why I want to offer you Molly's book and our fun games and my book coming up because I want you to have every tool and resource. So sit back with us. And as we hear from Molly, just don't forget in the back of your mind to be trying to type her hubby and trying to walk through that with us. And today, if you're on YouTube, I have a different kind of outfit today because we are actually in the middle of uh, videoing. We just finished videoing. 45 different outfit combinations for all the 45 different pairings for a video I'm making. Um, with Wes about the pairings and so that is going to be a lot of fun and it was cry cry trying to change 45 times I'm tired but I am committed to this process of showing you that each and every type can glow together that is my ultimate goal for you and we're going to watch how Molly and her seven can help us all to shine brighter and she even brings God in which you know I'm always researching here always trying to think with you and hack my way through But I love when we can get emotionally centered and spiritually centered and remember all the wonderful gifts God wants to give us too. If we remember that space of life, if we bring God into each and every decision, if we surrender, if we allow for time of lament, a daily office, uh, liturgy, these are pieces that some of us really need, like myself who forgets or feels like sometimes the modern church worship may be lacking, and just time with God with us, with experiencing God ourselves. Um, So, Whether that liturgy is literally just writing poetry to God or listening to music, I just hope you're thinking and developing your rhythms across all the different seasonal changes of life because it is very hard to do life without God. And if you look at our Enneagram vices and virtues, you know that when we're in our vice, the best thing we can do is deal with and process our emotions, let those tears flow, let the emotions out, and also release them to God. So Molly's going to share all that with us. She's right about to have her first baby just after her honeymoon season, Let's enjoy her and don't forget the mystery contest too. To enter the contest, go to instagram.com and go to our stories or write in today's email newsletter. If you're a subscriber, if you're not, make sure you get on our list there. You can also reply and say, here's what I think Molly's husband is as far as Enneagram type. And we give several clues. Okay, let's talk to her. Molly, I'm so happy to have you on the Enneagram and marriage pod. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like this has needed to happen for a long time. So I'm <laughs> me, so too. me too. And I think we've talked about it for a while and you have had your beautiful book out and I've enjoyed it so much. So I'm so excited that we get to talk about Seasons of Life with you today. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> yes. We were just cracking up before we got on because you are sharing where you go and for both, you want to share your Enneagram type and a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're both Enneagram Sevens. I have an yes. eight wing, um, and I always joke I'm like the poster child for a seven because I feel like I fit all the stereotypes to a T. Um, <laughs> but we were chatting about just what has been bringing me joy in this season. I'm currently towards the end of my pregnancy, and I was saying I'm just loving going to Pure Bar and loving <laughs> the community and that workout community. And of course, Krista also goes to Pure Bar. <laughs>
0: I thought that was hilarious and so beautiful that like you're ahead of me that you're in your pregnancy at 38 weeks and you're like, I'm doing something healthy for me. Like I'm so impressed with that because I don't think that most sevens know that at your season of life. So I just am so proud and like impressed that you're doing healthy workouts versus like driving yourself up the wall.
1: <laughs> right. Of course, though I do reward myself after every workout with like an iced coffee from Duncan. Yeah. So it's healthy but with a treat. <laughs> Well, enjoy
0: that season of life, girl. Drink it up, literally, actually, drink it up because you have earned it. And I just know, like you said, all the women there are so supportive. It's such a great community, like you said, all ages. So we're just putting in a plug for Pure Bar today.
1: Yes. Yeah. I love it. Every time I go, I feel like people are always looking at me and they see how they see my pregnant belly and they're just immediately like, Oh my goodness, like good for you. Like you go, girl. And I just love that, that atmosphere as a seven. I'm like, I will continue to be here so that y'all can congratulate me on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that you get that little just kind of gorgeous wisp with your eight-wing too of like just the fun, the bubbly attention. I know you bring it too. Uh, because I know that when I don't turn my seven on there, I'm always like, you know what, you need to bring that joy. So I love that you do and that you're sharing it and everyone gets to see the glow of. Your pregnancy. So, tell us a little bit about just your life, your family, who you are for our listeners and watchers who don't know you yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my name is Molly. I'm an Enneagram (laughs) 7. That's very obvious. Yes. I'm also a writer. So, I'm an Mm -hmm. author and I'm married. My husband and I have been together. Well, we've been married for a little over five years. We're currently expecting our first baby, and we have a very sweet, very cute little mini golden doodle puppy. Oh, <laughs> well, I call her puppy, but she's three years old now.
0: Oh my gosh, how cute! So, puppy and you and hubby are also excited for a new baby and have had this nice time to nest together. What's your hubby's name? And tell us how you met. Now, I know she's not going to tell his type, guys, because this is our special Labor Day mystery episode. Whenever you're listening, it's a mystery. <laughs> so, but tell us his name and a little bit about how you met.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, my husband's name is Jackson. I'll often call him Jay. So, if I slip into that, that's that's him. Um, but we met. We joke that we were basically the perfect like Christian college romance, so to speak, because we met on our first day of our first Bible class at our small private Christian university. (laughs) So it was literally (laughs) the funniest little meeting story. Um, But it wasn't like immediate sparks fly or love at first sight or anything like that. He actually had a crush on my roommate. Mm. And so he started hanging out with her a lot and coming in chatting and trying to like, see if he was interested in her and vice versa. And he ended up every time he would come around, he would end up talking to me more. And so him and I established a really long, um, kind of deep friendship right away. And so we ended up being friends for a little bit over a year. And then eventually that led into dating. And then now we just make jokes about how thankful we are for that roommate. <laughs>
0: That is so funny. Oh, my goodness. That is so cute and adorable that you're like, it really was, you got to kind of watch him from the sidelines for a little bit and see, uh, is this really even somebody I would be interested in? It sounds like it was, and that it didn't work out for him and your roommate in a good way.
1: Right. It was a great. It was a great. We talk about it all the time. Like we talk about how we love that our marriage is established on friendship because we feel like at the end of the day, like we're still just each other's best friends. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was really important for us, establishing that first instead of being like, we weren't like a steamy romance, like immediately like, oh my gosh, like I'm so attracted to this person. I can't wait to date them. Instead, it was very like more of like a slow burn of like, we're friends. We're kind of flirty friends. Okay. Now we're kind of really interested in each other friends. Okay. Let's date friends. (laughs) Yes. Oh my
0: gosh. That is so cool that you got to have those eras. And it reminds me of that Taylor Swift song where she's like, you know, you're on the phone with your girlfriend, she's upset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. She really got to have that sound. You can belt that out, like for real. Um, I adore it for you. Um, and I know you've now kind of worked through the honeymoon phase stuff that comes up, and you now have this new wonderful experience ahead of you. Um, so I know some of our listeners as we think about seasons all month here, uh, are maybe even getting a few clues about your hubby's personality, but um. Tell us a little bit about just what you would say about your honeymoon period and how you've made it last. Because I can tell that you guys still have a strong marriage. Um, I've loved seeing your travels to Croatia and elsewhere. Tell me about that, though, and all of us. Like, what has helped you to extend this joy? Because sometimes people are fading out by that five-year mark.
1: Yeah, I love this question. My husband, I think, (laughs) is just like so amazing to kind of go along with a lot of my whims. Mm -hmm. And so the beginning of our marriage was a lot of big transitions. It was a lot of change. We spent the first year of our marriage in the high Rocky Mountains in Colorado. So we, Mm -hmm. neither of us are from that area, but it was just a place we had in common. I learned how to ski up there and he'd been skiing up there and he's way better at skiing than I am. <laughs> but we were like, let's go somewhere fun for our first year of marriage and go and like get established up there. And mm. I'm so glad we did that, but it was also very isolating. Mm. So we did that and I feel like that really helped us kind of have like almost like communication boot camp and really understanding each other and we were like really forced to spend a lot of time together up there. It's winter for like 10 months and so it was like snowstorms, we'd get snowed in, the whole deal. Um, but that stage of life, like we still look back on all the time and we're like, it was so romantic. Like it was so sweet. And there's something about that that was really fun to just kind of like be inward. And we always joke too that it took us like a year to like look up and decide we wanted to have other friends <laughs> outside <laughs> of just the two of us. Oh and so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that um, for us, when we think about that honeymoon stage, it's kind of just like how can we continue to cultivate that sense of connection and kind of that almost like feeling of being snowed in together and eating pizza in front of our like little tiny, oh like God. fireplace. Like what does it look like to be in that in our daily life? And mm. something kind of funny was I used to always get home. This is so seven ish of me, <laughs> but I used to get home before him. And when we first got married, I would always go and hide like in the house. somewhere. <laughs> That's very sevenish. ish. Yeah. I like made it a game. So whenever he got home, I would make him come find me. And I would be like, you have to like literally play a game with me every day. And so now, obviously, it's been over five years. So I'm not still hiding. (laughs) But I do always make sure I'm like, okay, if he's coming home, and I'm home. Mm-hmm. I stop whatever I'm doing and I go and like meet him at the door and like mm-hmm. hug him and say like, how was your day? And like have that moment of connection of like, this is us. Like we're, we're together now. Like we've been separate all day or whatever, but like, this is like our little moment. Yeah. um And sometimes if it's nice out, I'll wait outside even and have our dog like run out to him and whatnot. And he's told me recently, he's like, wow, like that's actually my favorite part of every day. Oh, it's just knowing that like, you're consistently there, which as a seven, I don't really like Necessarily value consistency in the same way, but (laughs) it's kind kind of just for me like a fun moment of like, oh, I know he's coming home, so I'll just like make this a thing. So that's like a very small like Mm -hmm. practical thing, but I just feel like finding those things for like your marriage Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm. for us in that honeymoon stage, it was so fun to have this fun little game that we kind of played with each other that people thought was really quirky and weird. Yeah. it's turned into like, this is actually like a consistent, sustainable habit that we have for our house that like our kids someday will remember about us and be like, oh yeah, mom and dad always greeted each other. Like,
0: Aww.
1: you know? Oh, I
0: love that you're making that just part of your vibe together, that this is a habit you formed. And like you said, it transitions over years on what it looks like. And there will be seasons where you're like, Shh, baby, let's do the quiet dance and all these funny things I can just see you doing with your joy. Um, But it's, It's absolutely possible and beautiful to keep these start-stop behaviors where you're like beginnings, endings, like making the time special. We talk a lot about that on this pod because I think you're right that that can last. And so um, we're 20 years in and my husband still adores that. And so there's a sense of, oh, I know this person likes that. This makes them feel so happy and it starts the whole rest of the day off. And you're right, it brings that sparkle back in on an otherwise average day. Plus I think with you guys, with having had this snowed in time in the first year, having a new baby, as you've heard, is like that. You're basically snowed in. <laughs> so you're going to get that. That's going to be fun to co- go back to that because you already lived that. It was kind of fun, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something kind of special about getting to kind of just like cozy in together.
0: Yes, you will. And I know we're talking about hard times, too, so that everybody knows sevens have hard times, too. They process, they deal. Um, What do you feel like was hard about that time? And I got to read about that in your book, How Much More, that I'm sharing in the show notes, too, because it's such a joyful book, such a hopeful book. We'll talk about that more, too. But just like what was something that you've come to learn through having to be snowed in? Because we're both knowing and everyone listening, that's really hard for a lot of uh, temperaments, including seven, especially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was challenging just going through so many life transitions all so fast. It felt like, so I graduated early to get married. Mm -hmm. So I was leaving kind of that student identity, starting work. My husband was starting a new job Mm -hmm. and we were kind of like, we felt like in a romantic way, it was us against the world. But then there's also really discouraging moments where you're like, it feels like it's just us against the world. And what Like, where are the people supporting us? Um, Obviously, friendships and things changed really significantly just with distance and things like Mm -hmm. that. And then that whole season of life thing as well with being newlyweds, it was like, we're figuring this out. We're trying to figure out how our community fits into this and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. In the midst of that, I think my tendency is just to put a smile on and to say, you know, it's all good. And so another thing that we'll joke about now is it took me a really long time to eventually like look to him and say like, you know, I'm actually not, I'm not good with this. Like, I don't really like our current habits. I don't like the way that my life looks. I don't like mm-hmm. the trajectory I'm on and being future oriented too. I was kind of like, I can't really see a future that's here in this place. And that has this kind of lifestyle. So like, what mm-hmm. are we going to do? But it took me so long to actually say that out loud because there was so much fear. Mm-hmm. And, so, and he was super receptive to it, but he was also mm-hmm. kind of his tendency is to kind of just like push through as well in his own ways. Yeah. And he can be very introspective. So he never really vocalized that he wasn't happy either. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so mm-hmm. we were both kind of pretending with each other and with mm-hmm. the world, which I talk about in my book too about like kind of like putting that mm-hmm. pretending at- attitude towards God. And so it was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute. We need to actually step back and figure out how are we going to work through this? And so I think the biggest thing for us is just learning to communicate those hard things and say like, mm. almost like confession. Like, I feel like that's the yeah. word that's coming mm. to mind. It's the gift of confession and confession with your spouse of like being able to say like, this is really a hard season mm. and I don't enjoy this right now. And kind yes. of those harder emotions without it being like, it doesn't mean I'm unhappy with you. That doesn't mean I'm unhappy with like our life together. It just means like something has to change, you know?
0: Hmm. And that's, um, so deep and important and I don't want to trivialize it saying this, but it is a good indicator of your husband's type too. just in the sense of you guys both can be sensitive deep down, even though people might not know that about you, that it's hard to talk about things that are deeply personal and, uh, feelings oriented. And so when you did that, um, sounds like you were able to just sit with it and just say like, okay, we're still together. We love each other very much. We just have to think this through.
1: Right. And I think to us too, something that we both struggled with, which is maybe another indicator is we kind of felt like we'd failed. And so we were like, what do mm-hmm. we do with this? Mm-hmm. For me, it was like this big dream of like moving out to the mountains and having this wild adventure together, which we did. Yes. But it was kind of like, well, it didn't work like for long term. So like, how do we tell people that we're going to change our mind? And like, what does yeah. that say about us? What does that say about our marriage? And it was kind of navigating this like, yeah, I mean, very aware of what we mm-hmm. looked mm-hmm. like to the world and we were kind of trying to figure out like mm-hmm. are we okay with making a change what does yeah. that mean um, yeah. and for him it was a big it was a big work change as well because he was pursuing his cpa which he is a cpa and mm-hmm. um, but then he decided to change industries completely mm-hmm. and that was something that was like a whole thing and it was mainly prompted by me because I eventually was like I'm just so tired of it like I'm tired yeah. of you working six days a week and I'm tired yeah. of you complaining about working six days a week. Yeah. Do something.
0: <laughs> yeah. You helped him to make that courageous move. And that was not easy because he's part of a personality type that often works a lot. And like you said, the impression management for you both was a big deal. So it's interesting and beautiful that uh, you've had this chance to kind of fill in for some of our listeners. And I bet some of them who have gone through the season are even thinking, yeah, I remember that season. That's not an easy one because there's a lot of changes and shifts. And I'm happy that you were able to be bold and tell him the true deep feelings. That's not always easy. So that was really good.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely, it was a hard moment, but it's one that I think we'll always remember because it ended up being so pivotal pivotal for us to set us up for what was next.
0: Yes. Yes, I do too. And he's happier in his job now.
1: Yeah. His, his work is incredible. And we always are just like, it's so wild what God did in that season because it basically took us just looking at each other and being like, I don't think we want this. But what do we want? And then all of a sudden that became a moment of like communion for us and also with God. And so we were able to listen and we were able to really press in. And I eventually randomly suggested Tennessee, of course, even, yes. <laughs> even though I'd never been to the state of Tennessee in my life. I was like, I love what it? About Tennessee. Um, and it <laughs> turned into... Yeah. I actually found his job hosting online and I oh. sent it to him and I was like, hey, I think you should apply to this. And he was oh. like, I don't qualify at all. Oh. And I was like, yeah. I think you just go for it. Oh and it ended up being a really quick transition after that. The company mm-hmm. flew us out to Tennessee, to Franklin, where we are now, oh within like two weeks. And we packed up everything in a U-Haul and drove across the country together and like made this second oh. big life change. Um, but oh since God. then, it's just been amazing to see the faithfulness of God. Cause after taking that step, it's like my career stuff worked out so much better here and yeah. his as well. And community is just amazing. So, so Aww. many things that we were like. Really struggling with in that first year. All of a sudden, mm. it felt like it just happened with ease, and so it was mm. like we had to have that hard communication moment, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, "Oh, there's a lot of like ease and favor that follows."
0: Mm. So that's a really good reminder for anybody else who's stuck out there. Like, should I have the hard talks with my spouse? The answer is absolutely yes. And I also hear and wanted to ask you about pressing in to that communion space with your husband, with God. Like, that's such a beautiful reminder for everybody to have that daily office with, with God, we get to commune with God and we often forget. And sometimes even on this podcast, I forget that part, um, thinking so much, you know, this tip, that tip. And so help us to understand when you say that, what you mean by that, how has that become part of your identity and decision-making, uh, to just bring this, uh, this all of it actually to God.
1: Yeah. I feel like that was a season where where I really learned very intensely how to let God into my decision-making process instead of just mm-hmm. simply like going with prayer requests and having more of a little bit more of like a ritual that was like, okay, here's Bible time. Here's journaling time. Here's prayer. Yeah. Time. But mm-hmm. instead um, I think the word that I've been using a lot now is I've learned to make God more central. And so mm-hmm. um, something that not a lot of people know about sevens, but I think sevens do experience like a lot of anxiety. I think yeah. that's pretty common And so in those Mm -hmm. moments, I learned like how to invite God into that and to Mm -hmm. think kind of, Mm -hmm. okay, well, what if like, cause we have this amazing imagination from the Lord, but that Mm -hmm. can also go into like some dark places. And so I would be like, well, what if the worst case scenario would happen? And then I would invite God into it and think, well, God is still faithful. His promises for me still stand. Like this Mm -hmm. is still who he is. He's still consistent. And so if that's all true, then suddenly it felt like that would kind of dissipate. And so in decision making, I would be like, okay, I really would weigh like what's driving different things that I'm sensing um, from the Lord. And in that season, it was one of the first times where I was realizing a lot of my decisions were being driven by fear and the word Mm -hmm. of the Lord that I just kept hearing was like perfect love, cast out fear. And I was like, man, Mm -hmm. if I really know God's love for me and focus on God's love for me, I know that no matter where I am, or no matter what I'm doing, like, mm. it's gonna be okay. And so mm-hmm. that gave me freedom to risk even more, which like, maybe I don't need that. I don't know. Um, and to kind of step out in faith continually, because I was like, okay, God, God is still the same, no matter what. And so if he's still the same, he's still consistent. I don't have to make these decisions based on fear. And instead, I can exchange that fear for that perfect love. So mm. Yeah. I I don't know
0: if that answers your question, but. Oh my gosh. Well, I know of course with the seven, there's another question, (laughs) but I have to be honest. I think that we're all leaning in listening to this with wondering how did you put on God's love? And also I do see this really wrapped up in her book. uh, How much more. And I see the joy of the Lord so much in your book and truly the joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, And, and Right before that, it says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I think it's important that you are allowing in the hard feelings, but you're not just staying there. Um, and then you're also lifting up with just that whole reminder, like God's so loving. He's got me no matter what, worst case scenarios and all. Um, but what what does it look like for our listeners if they're wanting that too, in your view, at least, because I know we're all unique to just kind of come alongside and ask for God to uh, show them his love more?
1: Yeah. I think God is so unique in the way that he shows love to each of us because Mm -hmm. we're all going to receive that so differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I often think about, you know, even those early stages of dating and how I like fell for my husband and how like Mm -hmm. God is just so romantic and he's so he's continually Mm -hmm. pursuing us. And I think sometimes we forget that he is continually pursuing us and it's just whether or not we're paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like, um, The word, even in the Psalms, that's like Selah is actually like better translated. It's often translated to pause or rest, but it's a really good translation for it. It's just pay attention. Mm. And so I often think about that in my own spiritual life of just like, just pause. Like, even in this moment of just pause and pay attention, like, where do I see God's love around me? And I have like a hummingbird feeder on my window, and I'm like, I see God's love right there because every day mm-hmm. there's a hummingbird that comes and I get to watch it. And that's just a beautiful, joyful thing. But you mm-hmm. can very easily miss that, right? Yeah. And so, there's things like that of just like, if you meet God in beauty and creation, like, pause, mm-hmm. pay attention. If you meet God, you know, in moving your body, like, Pause, pay attention, like hear your breath, like think about that and how God's present with you. Like, for me, my sweet little golden doodle, every time she does something funny, I meet God because I'm like, I'm laughing and I know that this joy comes from the Lord. So, I would say just kind of echoing that little, like being able to pause and pay attention throughout the day has made my relationship with God a lot more central instead of this isolated, oh, I have my quiet time in the morning. We pray at meals. This is the Christian walk instead. It's like, (laughs) where do I see God? Like I see him in everything. If I'm willing to actually stop and look for it.
0: Yes. Oh, that's just such a good reminder for those of us caught in ritual or like me who are like, I love liturgy. And it's like, but you have to live the liturgy too. You have to be able to just see God in your life. And I love how you've allowed birds to be, Um, which maybe birds are seven-ish in this way. I've not thought of that before, but just they're flitting around. And I uh, I love watching birds, Um, but I think you also named like paying attention in that Salem moment, like stopping to pay attention isn't always easy for for people with that energetic, high anxiety profile. So just to stop if that's you and breathe and to look around and see what's delightful in your day, pausing and finding these moments of joy to see God is a great tip for all of us. Um, And I know you have even more in your book. So tell uh, listeners and viewers, what do you feel like they connect with you on as they maybe even want to enter that journey too?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. I think the balance that I feel like is most important for me or something that I've been walking in that I feel like listeners can appreciate is just kind of holding both this contentment and joy in wherever we are seasonally with like this faith and belief for more. And I think that's like the big thing for me <laughs> spiritually <laughs> it has been for years of just like my book is called how much more I'm a huge champion of God given dreams. I want people to mm. dream and believe for more with the Lord, because I think he always has more for us because that's who he is. Mm. So just holding that tension of being able to be like, I have faith for an incredible life. And like, I have faith yes. for just miracles and signs and wonders and all these mm. things that we read about in the Bible to mm-hmm. happen. Like I have faith for these big big God dreams, Mm -hmm. but also being able to be like very present in this current moment and thankful and content as well. And to be Mm -hmm. able to say like, I'm really happy with this season, even if it doesn't look exactly as I thought it would. I find joy in this season, even if, you know, I'm not as far along as I thought I would be Mm -hmm. or whatever that is. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. And that's when I read through your book uh, about a year ago now, when did it launch actually?
1: Yeah, almost exactly a year ago. Okay.
0: I was so excited uh, for that. And honestly, it was a joyful experience to open it. And um, most of the time when I open books, it's for research or um, it's for research. (laughs) Okay, I'm a dork. (laughs) Let's be honest. But sometimes it's for deep spiritual Uh, moments. And I'm like reading Lord of the Rings just to be reminded that Frodo is not the only one who walks through this journey, et cetera. And so um, I think that when I opened your book, what I loved about it was that refreshment. And I love that word. And I love to bring that. And I don't always bring that, but your book always brought it. Every time I would turn to a new chapter or a new story, I found that life-giving, just what you're sharing, that hope, that joy. And I also appreciate you saying, even through the hard moments, there's something beautiful there. And I do believe that's true. And I will probably believe that forever. So I'm glad that that's a gift that we've got now in the hands of your book. Like it's truly the most seven book I've ever read. So I was like, and I'm putting this on top of my book (laughs) because it's seriously like that much more, how much more, you know, just full of your seven delight. So I'm just wanting Everybody who needs more of that pure joy in their life to really just seek that and find it more bigger picture, uh, what she shared about God. But if you also want to walk through this joyful book, um, I just loved it so much. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I love that that shines through because I never, I don't think in writing it, I ever explicitly said that joy was going to be a theme, but -hmm. it's funny that that has been the thread that has been lasting for so many
0: people. Isn't that funny? I know you had a lot of amazing reviews about it too, I saw. Um, And it was really like, yeah that's the thread and it's just it splashes out of the pages and i just love that you guys are maintaining that long term as best as anybody can um because we are allowing for all seasons but to be able to say like joy of the lord is something you can carry in every season and even hope for more from him and expect more from god i feel like people are skeptical and so it's nice for them to be reminded of that today like no god does love you and uh there's a lot of good coming your way if you reach out for that and keep pursuing your dreams so what could people do if they're like, I want to get to know her more. I want to pursue my God-given dreams, but I don't know which avenue to do that. Uh, Are there spaces and ways that they could really connect with you best, do you feel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right now, the best way is just to connect on social media. I'm going into baby season soon. so I'm hoping to stay as present as possible. Um, But it's um, at Mrs. Molly Wilcox on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest. And then I also send out a weekly newsletter called Threshold and that you can subscribe to on Substack. Mm,
0: And tell us about Threshold and what people might expect to get if they enjoy your newsletter.
1: Yeah, I, I love sending it and it's a Monday morning newsletter, which I think was also a seven-ish decision. I was like, people need this? They need it Monday morning.
0: Yes, they need that.
1: Monday morning and the title threshold just came from the idea of crossing the threshold into a holy space. And Mm. so I just like the, Mm. yeah, the idea of essentially just making that space for God, like we were talking about of just Mm. these brief little emails. Um they're usually I send out an audio recording as well. And it's around five minutes. So they're really, really manageable and um, and just like a way to connect with God and just kind of think about more of an eternal perspective to start from. Hmm. Mm.
0: Thank you. That's beautiful. And we're putting your book in the show notes as well. Um and thanks for being part of such a fun mystery episode, you guys, because we have a giveaway. You're going to get one of our Mystery Jenner games and what are they getting from you? A copy of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's got it right there for those watching on YouTube. So <laughs> excited. So make sure you play that too. You have to guess what her hubby's type is. So we are so glad you are in for a treat with her, her book, her newsletter. Molly, thank you for sharing all these beautiful, just this light of the Lord with us. And we just wish you the very
1: best for your baby days ahead too. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Hopefully I did okay keeping him a little bit mysterious.
0: <laughs> yes, you did. I feel you did a great job. So I'll give out little hints here and there if we need to.
1: <laughs> so, Perfect. all right, thanks.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much. Now you can see why I was so excited to have Molly. It is so hilarious that sometimes we see such a common thread between us and others of our type. It's very humbling. Also very beautiful to know we're not alone, but also don't forget the nuance of you and your relationship, your marriage. You're not going to be exactly the same as Molly or me. You're going to find your own rhythms. That is actually the goal here, but make sure you have fun with us too. Wherever you are at, I hope you're having a great labor day. Maybe you're getting that ice shaken oat milk latte like my daughter is with the apple cider flavoring from Starbucks or your PSL, or you're just literally chillaxing and playing PlayStation, I don't know what you're doing, but I want you to make sure that you come back to us. If you need any more encouragement, we are here for you. Anygrammarriage.com. We also want to make sure you play that contest. So what was Molly's husband's type? You can play this at Instagram stories, or you can even write us back on our email newsletter. And we're so excited to walk through just discovering who each of us are together. It's so much fun. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.